Your curtains open on a timer. You rise with the sun shining, which it does most days of the year here, and a sensor detects when you're standing under the shower, activating the water at your preferred temp. No time or water to waste. Your refrigerator has the right ingredients to grab breakfast and pack a quick lunch. It automatically orders your groceries when you begin to run low. As you head for the door, lights switch off, the climate control readjusts to account for an empty flat, and the lock engages automatically behind you. You hop on your bike and pedal to work, a flexible office space where you mingle with a few dozen other entrepreneurs, as well as some multinational corporations. The ride is 10 minutes down the road, and you pass a few friends on the way. This is life in a 15-minute smart city. And this could one day be life at the Expo 2020 Dubai site, dubbed District 2020, a reimagined neighborhood at the legacy site of the most recent World's Fair that experts, visitors, and the mega events planners all say is a vision for the future. You're listening to Beyond the Headlines. I'm your host, The National's future editor, Kelsey Warner. As Expo draws to a close, we ask, what did we learn in the last six months about where we're headed and the choices we must make? And now, what comes next for both the site itself and those who gathered there? Before we start, to get all the latest from Beyond the Headlines, hit subscribe in your podcast app. Expo 2020 Dubai concludes on March 31st, when work will begin on transforming the $8 billion site into District 2020, a part of Dubai's 2040 urban plan. The race is on once again to create a fully functioning community within a breathtakingly short timeline, with the first tenants set to move in by October. Planners of the new district say that about 80% of the structures from Expo will remain in some form. This durability is in large part thanks to Ahmed Al-Khattab, the Chief Development and Delivery Officer of Expo Dubai 2020. Pulling off this mega-project was about going beyond the six-month lifespan of the event itself to build a space that can address issues around mobility, opportunity, and sustainability, three of the themes of this particular expo. So each expo has a main theme. And for this first time in our expo in Dubai, Expo 2020, it's the first time for an expo to have sub-themes. So we selected our main theme as connecting minds, creating the future, because we believed strongly that when the world works together, it can solve a lot of existing problems for the problems, whether like we live it or upcoming forecasted future problems. Working together to solve problems is a major differentiator of this expo, which had a historic level of participation from nearly every nation on the planet. Our client was the world. The entire world was our client. It's not just one or two or three individuals, 192 countries. You know, this is the expo with the most number of participations. And the history of expo uh, in the past 170 years of the life of the expos. Including everyone was a theme that echoed through every corner of the expo. Cesar Corona, executive director at Expo Museum, a director at the USC Center on Public Policy in California, and a self-described Expo superfan, said when he visited Expo, he noticed how much Dubai had taken from past exhibitions to make sure this one was impactful. I think what makes the Dubai Expo different is that the organizers learned from other expos, from previous expos. So they took the best of many of them. And you see it nicely combined on the site. For example, projects for the future, what's the legacy going to be? Dubai took ideas from 
experts in different areas. And that's very valuable. In some cases, some countries prefer to uh, prioritize nationals, prioritize national ideas and not to hear from others. But I think the UAE and particularly Dubai have been doing very well in, in getting experts to work and to help in the design of an event like this. So I think in that sense, Dubai did very well. Um, things make sense and different areas connect well. So uh, I think that's a very good example for future expos. And that's why I have some confidence that the expo uh, legacy is going to be solid. Expo 2020 is a very functional place for the future. Function is a key word there. Over the last couple of years, I've reported on the future of cities and the future of the daily commute and work coming out of the pandemic. When news broke at the end of last year that the Dubai Expo site would become a 15-minute city, I nodded with recognition. The concept was mentioned time and time again by urban planners, architects, mobility experts, futurists, you name it, for what life should be like for modern urban dwellers in a post-pandemic world. And there are set to be far more of us. The UN forecasts that 2.5 billion people will pour into megacities in Asia and Africa between now and 2050. The 15-minute city is a concept for creating sustainable and people-centric urban environments. It was first coined in 2016 by Sorbonne professor Carlos Moreno. The term defines a highly flexible urban model that makes sure all citizens can access daily needs within a 15-minute distance, breaking up the reliance on cars and reintroducing the qualities of more historic cities where one worked, shopped, and socialized in a central neighborhood. The idea of a self-contained city within a city, where everything you need for your daily life is right at your doorstep, won't work if you don't want to stick around. What is the glue of any community? The people. District 2020 is anticipating a population of 145,000. Something we heard a few times in talking to people who visited Expo was the site's design and the common spaces that lend themselves to connection. My personal experience was very different from other expos in the sense that I found very friendly people. So I made friends very quickly and I, I'm still in touch with them, people from different countries. So um, in addition to the objects, you know, architecture exhibits, I usually uh, pay attention to the personal connection, but I think in this case, it was even more important, more visible. This is no small feat. In the future plans for the Expo Legacy site, the community will be made or broken by its ability to forge connection and collaboration. The tenants that will do business here are working on some of the most pressing and challenging issues of this century. The energy transition, smart manufacturing, and logistics to improve our carbon footprint and unlock the potential of emerging economies in the region. The UK has already said it will open a hydrogen innovation center with the UAE on the legacy site. Other tenants include logistics giant DP World and China's robotics and AI company Terminus Technologies. The site is also going to bring in 85 startups and small businesses when it opens later this year, with founders and workers from all over the world. District 2020 got over 3,200 applicants from 129 countries for these small business slots. The 85 who are joining are from all over the world, 27 countries to be exact. For Alyssa Christeller, who has worked as a youth ambassador at the USA Pavilion for the last six months, international exposure and connection are taking on new meaning and value these days. In fact, building rapport across borders in a globalized society can even be seen as a competitive advantage 
as she witnessed from her front row seat working the pavilion. Coming to Dubai and seeing the UAE and seeing how just like in 50 years, this country has come so far. And it's something that we don't really know in the U.S. We don't know about World Expos. First of all, because the U.S. hasn't been in the Bureau of International Expositions for um, since like the 1960s. And this expo specifically, like the U.S. presence at it is so much stronger than it has been in like the past years. And it's we have rejoined the Bureau of International Exposition. So for me, it's cool to see like, first of all, this is like a huge expo because it's the first one in this region. So like so many people that really haven't traveled to like other world expos can travel to this one because it's a lot closer. And then second of all, just like the role that the U.S. is playing. I just think that's really cool for me because, you know, like my goal is to be in the foreign service. Like I just I'm patriotic, I guess. And I, I want my country to have a role in the, like a, a positive role and like a positive presence in this our pavilion at this expo I think is helping that and I think it's seeing that in the future if we can participate in more world expos and have a stronger role like that it's a lot better for like our image abroad and like our diplomacy so I, I don't know for me that's why it's like personally important I heard um someone was talking about it the other day with the delegation and I literally I had to turn away because I started like tearing up because I don't know why it just made me very emotional to think like wow this is such a big expo for like this region but also for the U.S. it's a very important one. We not only dream we take pride in what we do we not only see what has been. Cesar too had this to say. I think not only for Dubai, but for all expos, the, the main legacy is the change that visiting an expo leaves on people's minds. They usually open people's world, the people's understanding of what happens in other countries, and they are able to compare their own country to others. This starts to peel back what the legacy of expo will be outside the confines of what has been physically built in the community that will remain there. The Expo legacy has a lot to do with national identity for the 192 countries that have participated and forging a stronger connection between that identity and the outside world. It's what attracts tourism and knowledge workers. It's what lifts economies. Saudi Arabia is a prime example. The nation had its hello world moment at this expo, attracting 5 million visitors to its pavilion and showing people, most of them for the first time, its boldest visions for attracting tourists and retooling its petro-reliant economy for innovation under its Vision 2030 plan. Mohammed Amaleki, who has been coordinating VIP visits and logistics at the pavilion since Expo started, said he thinks in terms of a debut, Saudi Arabia pulled it off. Me and all the team in there, we are excited. We have the ambitious. We have been waiting to tell the whole world who we are. You know, media have impacted on our country in many ways, but people are not sure like how we are doing, who we are actually. So that's one of the things. Many of the people, they just want to know what is Saudi country? What do these people look like? How do they act? So the thing is when they visit our pavilion, when they see us, when we treat them, when we greet them, when we guide them in our pavilion, we give them a good impact. That's what adds to the total number. We have received so far around 5 million visitors. And we have won the first prize as the best pavilion at Expo 2020 in Dubai. And it's not like a matter of one day. It's through all the six months. We have been doing the same thing. We have been holding the same smile on our faces. 
which is really a part of our culture. It's really a part of our nature to host our guests in a good attitude. The good friendship, the good impact that we have, and also what people have learned about our country. You want to hear a funny story? Our main object in our pavilion is talking about the tourism in Saudi. So a few days ago, I went back to Saudi for like a business trip. And as soon as I arrived at the airport, I saw a group of European people and I was like happy to see them. I came to them and they shake hands and I said, welcome to Saudi Arabia. Like, what brought you here? They said, we came for tourism. We are a tourist and we want to see your country. That's, that's the thing that we have been trying to tell a lot of people. Like, we want them to visit Saudi. We want them to see the real Saudi, to see the land, the people, the culture, the diversity of Saudi. So this is the thing I really want all people who have visited Expo and visited the Saudi pavilion to come visit Saudi one day. For Saudi Arabia, this goes beyond providing a fun holiday. The stakes could not be higher for the Arab world's largest economy. If the kingdom is to meet its Vision 2030 targets, the revenue it generates from sources outside of oil need to accelerate. Otherwise, it will face near total disruption of its economic welfare as the world transitions away from fossil fuels. Neom, the $500 billion high-tech megacity being built in the northwest of the kingdom on the Red Sea, is a major plank of the vision. Interestingly, the 15-minute city concept also crops up there, just like in District 2020. Mohammed, coming out of his expo experience and the people he met, is a believer. Yes, I have a big belief in that. I could see like the ambitious in each one of us. I could see like the future of the Saudi by 2025, 2030, when we are probably going to have Expo 2030. It's going to be in Saudi one day. And we are going for a big major projects and we are going to achieve many of them by 2030, which is our vision, Saudi 2030. So for me as a young generation and for the rest of my friends, the staff, Saudi people, we have that belief and we are going for forward for it. So we have been working hard. We will still be working hard to achieve that the main goal that we are dreaming of. For now, as Expo draws to a close, the plans for a legacy are in place. For the nearly 25 million people who visited Expo and the 200,000 who helped pull it all off, the intangibles like connection and impressions are what have been important. What comes next? The very tangible District 2020 community and the grand experiment in modern urban life that will take place there? We'll be watching. We'll give Alyssa the last word on that. I'm really excited for coming back here in even like five years and then like, you know, 10, 20 years. I'm hoping that I can come back and just see the site. And I think it's going to be like an innovative city and a sustainable one, like a future of sustainable cities. I think it could be a model for that. But I also know that like, you know, the UAE, it's 50 years old, the country. So it changes so quickly. And so I know that like Expo site and its legacy, it's just going to keep developing just like the city is. So I'm excited to see whenever I come back, I want (laughs) to come back and see what it's like. You've been listening to Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Kelsey Warner. If you've enjoyed this week's Beyond the Headlines, please subscribe to get all the latest episodes. And if you have time, we'd really appreciate a review. This week's episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. Thank you for listening.